السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يحده الله فلا مدل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن أحسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار So it pleases me to, to be present here today with our brothers from Ahlul Sunnah, uh, people upon the way of the Salaf. And the lecture that I've been asked to give, or the general title, is Advice to the Salafis. And the best advice that can be given is the advice given by the ulama, given by the scholars of our age and our era. And this advice is taken from some tawjihat, Muhimma Lishabab important advices to the youth, which is given by Sheikh Sheikh Rabi Ibn Hadi Hafidahullahu Ta'ala. And the Sheikh, as you know, is from the great scholars of this era, and he has been spoken of highly by the great Imams of this time, the likes of Sheikh Al Albani Rahimahullah, and Sheikh Muqbil Rahimahullah, and Sheikh bin Baz Rahimahullah, Sheikh Mufaymin Rahimahullah, and other than them. And in particular because of his distinguished and outstanding role in calling to uh, unity upon the book and the sunnah and warning against the opposers and in particular the dangers of Al-Ikhwan Al-Muslimin, the Muslim Brotherhood, which is simply uh, a group uh, which has within it all of the innovations, combines all of the innovations from, from the Sufiya, uh, from the Jahmiya, from the Mu'tazila, even from the, from the Rawafid, and which is mobilized to create and stir trouble and problems within Muslim countries in order to seek power and to seek authority. And as a result of that, these people have introduced Hizbiyya, Hizbiyya, which is partisanship, the Hazzub, which is to, to, to have partisanship and bigotry to an idea, to a belief, to a methodology, to a group, to an individual. So everything other than having zeal and eagerness for the truth and having zeal for the truth. Instead, the nature of this group and its offshoots is that it sows the seeds of dissension, disunity, hatred, separation, splitting of the Ummah. And so the Shaykh Hafizahullah Ta'ala played a tremendous role in refuting the founders of these sects, the main theoreticians, the ones who lay down the theories and the ideas which are used to nurture people upon those ideas. Uh, he exposed the, the principles and refuted the principles that they, that they teach and they implement uh, upon or in light of the Qur'an, the Sunnah, the way of the Salaf, the way of the Muhaddithin. And as a result of that, the Shaykh warded off 
tremendous trials and tremendous tribulations from many of the Muslim countries because to give you an example you can see what's happened in, in Iraq and Algeria in the 90s and Libya right now and many other places where where because of um, you know the, the, the political circumstances the way of the Khawarij appears right the way of the Khawarij the Khawarij whom the messenger spoke of and warned against and about whom you mentioned would appear in every age and era and how they would kill the people of Islam and, and all the other tribulations these people we've seen they, were, they appeared in, in, in Iraq in uh, you know, many, many Muslim countries and they were nurtured upon the books of certain, certain people like the books of Sayyid Qutb and Hassan al-Banna and Maududi and so the Sheikh played a tremendous role in exposing how all of that opposes the way of the messengers the methodology of the messengers in calling to Allah and opposing the way of the Salaf and refuting it in detail and so as a result of that Alhamdulillah you know the, the, the way of the, the Khawarij on the one hand uh, many many trials and tribulations have been uh, warded off from the lands of the Muslims which otherwise we would have been Allah knows best seeing similar tribulations in many other Muslim countries just as on the other hand the Sheikh has also warned against the other side, which is the way of, of lenience and the way of the murji'a, meaning the way of uh, neglecting and belittling uh, sin and disobedience and innovation and you know, not having any zeal for the truth and not uh, having any uh, aversion towards bid'ah and its people. This also is dangerous. This also is harmful and this also affects unity as well because this then dissolves you know the, the, the barriers of truth and falsehood right it dissolves the barriers of loyalty and disloyalty and as a result everybody you know is free to believe what he wants and do what he wants and so the sheikh has played a tremendous role in in you know bringing people to the right understanding to, to the wasat to, to wasatiyah which is the the middle path and the way of moderation and the way of balance and so therefore the Sheikh with that experience over decades and decades of, of giving da'wah and waging war against the people of Bid'ah and Dalala when the Sheikh gives advice you know that advice that advice is, is deeply uh, meaningful and you know should be heeded to so the advice that the Sheikh gave uh, in uh, one of his lectures that he was asked to give advice he chose a particular passage from the Quran in Surah Ali Imran, and as the Sheikh himself says, min ansabiha ayatin min Ali Imran, ayatin Kullas-Salah He says, I found the most befitting and appropriate verses to be these verses from Surah Ali Imran from the third chapter of the Quran these are mighty verses it's as if these verses have been revealed freshly to apply to our situation right now and to treat our situation right now right the situation of the Shabab the situation of the why because this advice is given towards the Shabab their responsibilities and what is their obligation towards the da'wah? So what are these verses? These verses are the verses 
uh, would speak about holding fast to the rope of Allah the entire passage. So the Shaykh mentions the passage, I'll, I'll read it. It is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, hold all of you to the rope of Allah. To the rope of Allah. And do not be divided. And this is addressed to the companions of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because Allah says, Remember the bounty or the favor of Allah upon you. When you used to be enemies, the Sahabi used to be enemies prior to Islam. So he then united between your hearts. And you became by way of his bounty and his favor to be to become brethren. And you were on the edge of a cliff, ready to fall into the fire. And Allah saved you from it. Thus does Allah make clear to you his signs in order that you may be guided. So the companions, as you know, they were prior to Islam, upon polytheism, idol worship, and there were so many evils uh, that were present in the society. And the thing that brought them together by the favor and bounty of Allah, of course, was this da'wah to tawheed, this da'wah to iman. And, you know, we shall speak about that shortly, inshallah ta'ala. But this was the way, this is how Allah brought together the hearts of the companions. And then He said, Let there be amongst you a nation or a party. Who invites to goodness. And who command the good and who prohibit the evil. They are the ones They are the ones who will be successful. And then a warning and a prohibition. Do not be like those who split. And who differed after there came to them clear evidences. And they are the ones who will have a mighty punishment. And then Allah continues, On the day on which some faces will be white, And some faces will be black. As for those whose heart, whose faces will become black. Did you disbelieve after your faith, after your iman? So taste the punishment on account of what you used to, your disbelief, what you used to disbelieve in. As for those whose faces will become white, then they will be in the mercy of Allah and they will remain therein forever. So these verses that the Shaykh has mentioned, there are five verses in the middle of Surah Ali Imran, and this indicates Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uniting a people who are upon polytheism, shirk, enmity, all types of oppression, and you know, using people 
um, uh, superstition, omens, believing in all sorts of uh, things, social evil, social ills, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He brought their hearts together. And this unity here, this true unity, and this genuine unity, which brings together love in the hearts, and compassion in the hearts, and something that you can actually feel and perceive, and which brings along with it safety and so on and so forth, then the only way to this and to achieving this is the way of the Sahaba, the way of the Salaf. And this is why this true unity, you find it you know, among the people of the Sunnah. Of course, you will find also, like we, we are here in this masjid, and many of us come from different backgrounds. We came from different, maybe perhaps, you know, our parents were on different things. But Allah has brought us together upon Iman, upon Taqwa, and particularly upon the way of the Salaf, the creed of the Salaf, the way of the Salaf. And that is what is the distinguishing factor. You could go into any other mosque of, you know, the Sufis and Hizbis, and yes, you will see large numbers of people, and they appear to be united, right? But that is not the true unity. The true unity is the unity that is upon the usul, the foundations of, of Tawheed and the Sunnah. And that is the true unity that will give the types of fruits that the Shaykh is going to mention, inshallah ta'ala, and that he's going to discuss. So the Shaykh says, these verses were revealed upon the circumstances in the peninsula. And as the Allah mentioned, they used to be enemies to each other, killing each other taking each other captive and wars would, wars would continue for many many decades at a time for the most trivial of reasons and yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he brought them together he brought their hearts together and all of this is by the praise and bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the shaykh says this ni'mah wa hadihi ni'matun azimah yajibu an yudrikuha shababuna that this unity and this brotherhood and this love and all the benefits of that, it is upon the youth to try to perceive this, uh, you know, this, this, this unity or this nitma, this, this great and, and mighty benefit. And that they should hold fast to this as well. The Sheikh here is speaking in the context of how in certain times the situation reverted back, right, after the Sahaba. The situation reverted back to splitting, differing, disunity, hatred, enmity. And there are certain times in history when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by way of certain scholars, or by way of certain rulers, He brought back some of that which the Sahaba were upon. So He mentions particularly after the time of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah did of connecting people back to the way of the Salaf, and how that brought about tremendous benefit in many parts of the Muslim Muslim nation in Sham and uh, otherwise. And similarly, in particular, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, when people in the peninsula had reverted back to the worship of trees, to the worship of stones, the superstition, omens, whatever. And by way of this da'wah of Shaykh al-Islam, Allah brought safety, security, brotherhood, Unity until the whole of that jazeera was once again united upon Tawheed and Sunnah. And that's why the Shaykh here is speaking to the, to the youth, to the audience to, in an Arabic country, reminding them of the actual safety, 
peace, unity, brotherhood that, that was present for well over 100, 150 years you know, in, in, in the peninsula. So he's reminding them to witness and experience and to acknowledge this particular favor and this bounty. And of course this bounty, as we know, this favor of unity and this bounty does not come except by way of correcting the creed, correcting the aqidah, knowing where we stand on all of these various issues which, in which the ummah has differed, whether it be the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the greatest of the types of knowledge, whether it be to do with al-qadr, the divine decree and the reality of the divine decree, and how do we understand it, whether it be to do with iman, what is the reality of iman, whether it to do with our position towards the Sahaba, our position towards the rulers, our position with respect to the belief in the unseen, and how do we believe? This is where unity starts, in that we correct our, our belief, because this is the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The rope of Allah is the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And what the Qur'an and the Sunnah came with, of, of usul, of foundations, and the Muslim Ummah did not split and disunite except by deviating away from these foundations. And so therefore, true unity can only be a return to that which the Sahaba were upon. And this is what the Shaykh explains, that this particular ayah that we've just read, or these ayat or these verses that we've just read, that you've heard from Surah Ali Imran, this command is a command that encompasses the whole of the Ummah. هَذِهِ خِتَابٌ شَامِلٌ لِلْأُمَّةِ كُلِّهَا بِحَيْثُ لَا يُجُوزُ أَنْ يَتَخَلَّفْ عَنْهَا فَرْضٌ This address is to the whole of the Ummah. No single individual is allowed to refrain from this advice or from this obligation. This applies to every single person in the Ummah. And the Sheikh says this meaning that you hear in this particular ayah is a meaning that is repeated in many other verses of the Qur'an. The same command stated in many different ways. For example, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ And this is my straight path, so follow it. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُولَ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ And do not follow other paths, lest they separate you from his path. This is Surah Ali, uh, Surah Al-An'am, the 6th chapter, verse 153. So this ayah here has exactly the same meaning as the rope of Allah. وَاعْتَسِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Exactly the same meaning. This is a straight path of Allah, and do not go to these you know, other paths to the left and to the right. And also the statement of Allah at the beginning of Surah Al-A'raf, the third verse, اِتَّبِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا مِنْ دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءِ Follow that which has been revealed to you from your Lord, and do not follow any awliya, any, you know, any other than Him. How little it is that you remember. And similarly, the statement of Allah in Surah Al-Fatiha that we repeat every day in our prayers has exactly the same meaning as that ayah. Guide us to the straight path. 
The path of those upon you you have bestowed favor, not the path upon whom is your anger, and nor those who are astray. And as we know, this is the path of ilm and amal. This is how we get the three categories of people in this in this verse. In these verses. The path of those whom Allah has favored are those who acquire beneficial knowledge and they act upon the beneficial knowledge with the righteous actions. These are the ones who are favored. And those upon whom is Allah's anger are those who, despite having the knowledge and knowing the truth, knowingly do not act upon the knowledge. And those who are astray, they are the ones who act without knowledge, upon ignorance. And so these two attributes are found amongst the Yahud, predominantly the first one of not acting, and amongst the Nasara of acting upon jahl, of ignorance. And of course, every Muslim can fall into any of these two things. You know, that's why we repeat this every, every time in the prayer uh, to, to remind ourselves. Similarly, in the Sunnah, there is that which also provides exactly the same meaning as this ayah. And the Shaykh Menson mentions numerous ahadith. First of all, the statement of Allah, uh, first of all, the statement of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Taraptu fikum ma in tamasaktum bihi lan tabillu ba'di abadan. Kitab Allah wa sunnati. I have left among you that which if you hold fast to, you will never go astray ever. It is the book of Allah and my sunnah. Similarly, the statement of the Messenger of Allah I have left you upon clarity, pure whiteness, clarity. Its night is as apparent and clear as its day. No one swerves from it after me except that he is destroyed. And also the statement of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Indeed, Allah is pleased uh, for you with three things and He is displeased with three things for you. He is pleased for you that you worship Him alone and do not associate any partners with Him. So this is the shahid. This is exactly an identical to what was commanded in the verse. That you hold fast to the rope of Allah and that you, all of you, and that you do not split. This is something Allah is pleased with for you. That you give advice to those whom Allah has appointed over your affair. And he is displeased with three things for you. It was said and he said. Well, which is just you know, narrating things and saying things and things of that nature. Asking too many questions. Too many trivial, non-beneficial questions that don't apply to you and they're not relevant to you and uh, you know, the ruling doesn't apply to you and just asking, being too inquisitive and asking too many questions. This is, this is not good. And, 
and wastage of wealth. A man wastes his wealth, is not careful how he spends it, squanders it, you know, doesn't watch over it, doesn't use it in the best way, right? So just squandering of, of wealth. So the Sheikh comments here upon this hadith. So the point here is that all of these texts, as you can see, they are all similar in meaning to the to the command of Allah, which means that this is something Allah has repeatedly mentioned in the Quran about the issue of unity and avoiding disunity and mentioning it in so many different ways. The Sheikh says this qil wa qal, which now it has taken a tremendous time away from the youth. Right? That the youth are just narrating and reporting and then speaking about things which have no benefit as the as, as the messenger said and the Sheikh mentions the hadith it is sufficient to make a man sinful that he narrates everything that he hears just just because you hear something does not mean that you have to now have to narrate it and pass it on it no you have to stop and think and process that information and think and ask yourself a question. The Sheikh, Sheikh says here, وَلَا يَكُونَ الْمَرْءَ أَبَدًا إِمَامًا كَمَا قَالَ مَالِكْ إِذَا كَانَ يُحَدِّثْ بِكُلِّ مَا سَمَعْ A man cannot be an imam, as Imam Malik said, if he is someone who simply narrates everything that he hears. Right? So what is the, what is the condition and what is the the restriction that we should use. The Sheikh says, فَالْمُؤْمِنْ لَا يُحَدِّثْ إِلَّا بِمَا يَنْفَعُ الْأُمَّةِ A mu'min does not narrate or convey except that which benefits the ummah. Is this thing going to, is the, is the benefit in this thing for me to narrate it to so-and-so and to so-and-so to so-and-so or to broadcast it? Is there any benefit for someone? Is the benefit in the religion? Is the benefit in, 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 in their world? If I was to convey or narrate this, this, this information, لا يتحدث إلا بما إلا بما ينفع الأمة ولا ينقل كلاما إلا ثابتا وهادفا. Also, that he does not narrate speech except that which we know to be established and verified and authentic, right? So, in narrating, you establish that it is true and real and established and authentic to the one who said it or it is correct and factual information, and then, what benefit is there going to be? Is there going to be any benefit? If I was to mention this to such and such person, right? whatever it might be, that information, is there, is there benefit in that? So, the Sheikh says that these verses and these hadith that we've heard, we see that the meaning here, all of it, is, is complementary, and it is something that will protect us from the trials and tribulations and these verses Allah has given us these verses in the same way they are from the asbab they are from the means right so if we want unity if we want safety if we want security here these verses are the asbab what they command are the asbab just like for example if a man was to sit around and uh, not work then he wouldn't get food on the table because he hasn't taken the asbab, right? Just like a person wants children and offspring, but he's not getting married. Obviously, this is foolishness because you need to get married to have to have children. 
So in the same way, these are from the from the asbab, and the only reason why we would why we would have differing, splitting, disunity, uh, enmity amongst you know between the hearts is because we are not truly implementing you know these ayat and these ayat Allah has given us to them as the asbab. The Sheikh says after mentioning this, he says he mentions the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Explaining that these verses that you have heard and these commands in these verses to this ummah is like an illuminating light. These verses are light and they shine a light in the darknesses of fitan, the tribules and tribulations and trials that Allah, Allah's Messenger, has mentioned. And then he mentions the hadith Badiru bil a'mal, hasten to do actions. Hasten to do righteous actions. Badiru bil a'mal. Fitanan kakita'il laylil muslim. Before there come tribulations which are like, you know, a piece, pieces of like a dark and gloomy night. Right? There are certain tribulations that, that are going to come that they are like the darkness and gloominess of, of, of a night. In which يُسْبِحُ الرَّجُلُ مُؤْمِنًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا In which a man will wake in the morning as a believer and he reaches the evening as a disbeliever. أَوْ يُمْسِي مُؤْمِنًا وَيُسْبِحُ كَافِرًا Or he reaches the, the evening as a believer and he wakes in the morning as a disbeliever. يَبِيعُ دِينَهُ he sells his religion for a portion of the world. And you might think, how, how can this, you know, how can this happen? And this, you know, uh, the many, many ways and avenues this can happen. We hear stories of the past, how, you know, a person sells his religion uh, for the sake of marrying a Christian woman whom he saw. So he sells his religion, is overtaken by his hawa and sell his entire you know, religion just for the sake of a, of a woman. And even in a modern sense, you see, you know, well, it doesn't necessarily have to happen overnight, but you see people who, for example, uh, through social media and the trials of the internet and for seeking fame and fortune, they're happy to sell, if not their religion, to sell what they are upon of, of the truth, right? of the way of the salaf. Right, so they will then start, you know, uh, because they want audiences, because they want wealth, they will sell the usul of this religion that that prevent them from that, and that's why I see many of these people they they are happy to compromise with with the Shia, with the Jahmiyyah, uh, making treaties with them, making pacts and agreements with them, making understandings with them, right? And that is the ways in which a man can sell his religion are so much more. And these trials and tribulations can come, you know, to, to people. Um, one of the ways that you see very common and very often is that people have a really bad experience in their life. They have a really bad, really bad illness, or they lose a lot of wealth, or someone dies close to them in the family. They have a trauma, and then they start feeling like a victim, as if Allah has wronged you. And then you start having this resentment, and then. You know, that's the real reason, and then you try to justify it. You sell your religion, 
you know, you, you start becoming uh, an atheist or, or, you know, whatever it might be. And then really it's just your emotions, but you're just trying to use this as, as, as an avenue to justify, you know, your disbelief. Not that that's an actual reason, but you're trying to justify. And this, you see, you hear it more and more, it's more and more common. So we ask Allah for protection. Uh, but this is, you know, in the hadith, a man wakes in the morning a believer and he arrives in the evening as a disbeliever. And this is something, you know, a uh, phenomena that, you know, we, we can see, we can see happening. So the Sheikh says that these are tribulations that we should be cautious of. We should ask Allah to save us from their evil. And then after this command, وَاَعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا He said, وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Do not split. And the Shaykh says, there are many, many ayat in the Qur'an which have come prohibiting from this tafarruq. Likewise, there are many ahadith which have come speaking about tafarruq and showing the evil destination of those who split away from the truth. He mentions the hadith that you are all familiar with. This nation will split into 73 sects. All of them are in the hellfire except for one. And the companion said, Man here, Ya Rasulullah, Whoever is upon that which I and my companions are upon. The Shaykh described this, that this is the scale. And this is how we, as people of the Sunnah, as people from the way of the Salaf, that when we go out there and we speak and give da'wah to everybody, then we have to make clear to them what is the Mizan and what is the Furqan, by which every differing and every split can be resolved. And that is, and this is, this is neutral. Right? It's not like if you go to a tablighi, he'll say, well, the criterion is the books of, you know, so-and-so, of my founder, of my whatever. You go to an ikhwan, he says, no, the criterion is, 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 is the writings of Hassan al-Banna and Sayyid Qutb. Or you go to Jamaat Islam, Pakistan, no, whatever's in the books of Maududi. Because then everybody can claim and justify his splitting and differing through this ta'asub and through this hizbiya. No, there has to be an objective, neutral criterion. And that criterion, Allah has made it clear to us in the Qur'an. And the Messenger made it clear to us in the Sunnah. And so this is the criterion that we present to the people. That this is what is between us and you. The way of the Sahaba and the understanding of the Sahaba. So if me and you differ, then we have to take it back to Allah, His Messenger. And what the Sahaba, what the Sahaba understood. And so the Shaykh, he called this statement... Of the Messenger of Allah, man kana ala ma'ana alihi wa ashabi, he said, Hada huwa al-mizan. This is the criterion, this is the, the scales or the, or the balance. And so, for example, if this is very easy to understand, if someone comes to you and says and tries to argue for the Mawlid, for example, which is an innovation. And he starts mentioning ayat from the Qur'an, he starts mentioning statements. For example, he might mention the verse in the Qur'an, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا 
Right? He'll come and bring a verse from the Quran. Say, in the bounty of Allah and in His mercy, with that let them rejoice. Now this is a verse that he will bring and say, we'll see here it says, فَلْيَفْرَحُوا فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Let them rejoice. And this means celebrate the birthday. Okay, so how have you gone from the verse to justifying the mawlid? Right, so between you and us now is the Sahaba. I want you to bring for me, where did Abu Bakr explain this meaning? How did he make, deduce this as, as evidence for the mawlid? <coughs> Show to me. Or Umar, or Uthman, or Ali, or anyone else from the Sahaba. This is between me and you. Right, that's the criterion. Who understood this ayah in the way that you understood it? Right, and obviously you will not find anybody. Right, so just mentioning the text in itself, you know, everybody can do that and everybody can justify his bid'ah, whether it is practical, a matter of worship, whether it is in belief, in doctrine, this is هَذَهُ الْمِزَانِ This is the criterion. And this is what we present to everybody. In fact, even, we use this even with the Christians. Right? Because we can say that your religion is mubaddal, it is muharraf, it is distorted, it is altered, and you do not have any criterion by which you can judge what is the truth. Right? Whether it's in relation to us, the Muslims, or in relation to the people amongst yourselves. You have, you have no, what is your criterion? You have nothing. Because your, your scripture is muharraf, it is altered, right? and you are split and, and different, and you have nothing which you, which, can, which you can take as a criterion. That would be, actually it would be the, 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 the companions of Isa alayhi salam. But you have nothing, you have nothing from them. Right? You have nothing authentic from them, first of all, that traces back to them authentically with chain of narration. First of all, and you know, uh, after that, even what, what they say, it's in a language other than the language that they spoke, and there are so many issues. So, the issue being here that the Sahaba and their understanding, this is the Mizan, and there cannot be any unity, oneness, and brotherhood except upon this principle, right? So, this is what we say to everybody. You know, someone who comes and says, we should unite and the Ummah is weak and there's this whatever. We say, yes, that's true. That speech is true. Yes, we should unite. And we should be strong. And we should all be in, in, you know, like in one place together. But the only way to do that is to unite upon the way of the Sahaba. So let's, let's all come and do that then. So as soon as you present that, then, we'll, then they'll, that's when you'll see, no, no, well, you know, I'm happy with the, the books of Maududi or the books of Qutb or the books of, you know, so and so whatever. They won't be willing to. So it shows that they are the ones who are in shiqaq. They are the ones who are differing. They are the ones who are splitting. And so this is our answer to everybody, right? It is the mizan as Sheikh Rabi, hafizullah, as he, as he uh, described it. The Sheikh says here that in this text, in this hadith, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has given us a makhraj. This is an exit. It is a safety. It is an escape from destruction. Right? What is this? It is that we investigate, that we sincerely seek what the Messenger of Allah and His companions were upon in beliefs, in acts of worship, in akhlaq, in even uh, siyasa, even in like, you know, uh, 
governing and things like that and adab here the messenger has given us an exit from all of the tribulations of splitting and differing and the destruction that comes comes with it and he mentioned the hadith of al-irbad the famous hadith as you know وَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ فَسِيَرَ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَحْدِيِّينَ عَدُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ Whoever amongst you lives so long, he will see many controversies, many differences. Upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guarded khulafa. Bite onto it with the mawlas and beware of the newly invented affairs. So the Shaykh is saying that here the, uh, that the Messenger of Allah has given us the makhraj, the exit from these things that the Messenger mentioned in this hadith and the previous hadith about the fitan. What, what is it? It is to sincerely seek and find what the Sahaba were upon of beliefs, of worship, of suluk, of akhlaq, of siyasa, of adab, and so on and so forth. And this is what the Shabab. The Shabab, the youth, he says, I wish, I hope the Shabab that they uh, have the intelligence and the insight to do this, to seek the path of safety and deliverance for themselves, which is to seek this way of the companions and to do so, as the Shaykh says, فَيَبْحَثْ عَنْ نَفْسِهِ بَحْثًا شَدِيدًا فِي غَايَةِ الْإِخْلَاسِ Right, he should do so with extreme sincerity. He should do so with sense of sincerity, and to investigate bahthan shadidan, not something half-hearted where, you know, let me look into this and you know, we spend uh, half an hour and think, well, okay, I didn't find the truth, and you know, that's it. No, bahthan shadidan. It's got to be a proper research, a proper investigation, a proper study, whilst being sincere to Allah and being humble in front of Allah. Knowing that only Allah can basically can Allah save you. And then after this, the Shaykh mentions how even the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, look at this, the Messenger of Allah, the recipient of revelation, look at the supplication that he used to make. In this supplication, he used to say in his prayer, Kana Yaqul fi salatihi aw ilaqama yusalli min al-layl. When he used to pray at night, what did he say? Allahumma, Rabba Jibra'il, wa Mika'il, wa Israfil. O Allah, the Lord of Jibra'il, and Mika'il, and Israfil, and these are three of the, the great angels. Fatir as-samawati wal-ard, the originator of the heavens and the earth, Alim al-ghayli wa shihada the knower of the unseen, and the scene, so look at all of these great names and descriptions of Allah that he that he is mentioning. Allah is the Rabb of the, the angels mentioned, and that he is the originator of the heavens and the earth, and he is the knower of the unseen and the seen. Then what does he say? You are the one who judges between his servants in that in which they used to differ. <laughs> Guide me to that in which, in which there has been difference with respect to the truth. <laughs> By your permission. 
إِنَّكَ تَحْدِي مَنْ تَشَاءُ إِلَى صِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Indeed, you are the one who guides whomever you will to the straight path. So this is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asking Allah to guide him. Obviously, the messenger is the messenger of Allah and the truth that has been differed over is what the polytheists were upon, what the Jews were upon, what the Christians were upon, what the Magians were upon, what all the various adyan, the religions that were present and to whom the messenger, because there were the Romans, there were the Persians, the Christians, Jews, Bani Israel, the, the pagan Arabs upon their polytheism, and likewise they had many many different doctrines and beliefs within their polytheism. Some of them uh, rejected the hereafter, resurrection, others held Allah had angels as, as his daughters, others held all these different things that the people were upon. And so the messenger of Allah, being a recipient of revelation, look at his hum humility, and standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with, with humility, asking to be guided to the truth. And so the shaykh is saying, this is an example for the youth to be like this. How can you not be like this, when this is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, asking for guidance to the truth in which the people have differed. And we see in the Quran, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالَّذِينَ هَادُوا وَالصَّابِئِينَ وَالنَّصَارَى وَالْمَجُوسِ وَالَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُفَصِّلُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ Indeed, those who believe and those who are the Yahud, who call themselves Jews, those who are the وَالَّذِينَ هَادُوا, the Jews, وَالصَّابِئِينَ, the Sabi'ah, وَالنَّصَارَى, the Christians, and the Majus, the Magians, and those who وَالَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا, those who commit shirk. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُفَصِّلُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah will, He will judge and He will separate and settle between them on the day of judgment. So the Messenger of Islam is asking to be guided to the truth. And so the Shaykh says, هَذَا حَالُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ سَلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ الْمَعْسُومِ سَيِّدُ وَلَدِ آدَمِ عَلَيْهِ سَلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ يَلْجَأَ إِلَى اللَّهِ that this is the hal of the Messenger of Allah, the one who is infallible in making mistakes in the conveyance of the religion, right? He's ma'asum in that respect. Allah made him infallible. So he cannot make a mistake in religion. And alongside that, he is making dua to Allah to be guided to that in which the people have differed of the truth. Right? And so he's making this dua fi layl in the in the darkness and the hollowness of the night, in the darkness of the night, and he's making this uh, dua. And the shaykh says, وَأَخْشَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونَ كَثِيرٌ مِنَّا لَا يَخْتَرُ بِبَالِهِ مِثْلَ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ He says, I fear that many of, the, many of us, that this hadith does not even enter into the mind or the thought of any one of us. Like we don't even think of this hadith to make this dua as the Messenger of Allah used to make and you know, seek an exit, seek, you know, a, a way or an escape from, 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 from these trials and these tribulations and so on and so forth. So the Sheikh says after this that uh, part and parcel of this to seek the truth is obviously to go to the Book of Allah, to the Sunnah of Allah's Messenger, go to Al-Bukhari, go to Muslim, go to the other books of Hadith, go into the books of the Sunnah, the books of the creed of the Salaf, 
and the methodologies of the Salaf, all of this comprises the Safina, the Safina tun Najah, the ship or the, 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 the you know that which we will save you and deliver you. And this is what we as people of the Sunnah, Alhamdulillah, we are engaged in in our durus, in our lectures, in our in our studies, in you know the, the in the masajid of Ahl Sunnah. This is exactly what we do. The Book of Allah, read the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah with its shuroh, the, the books of Aqaid, the books of Tawheed. Alhamdulillah, we are traversing, you know, we are traversing this ship that the Shaykh has mentioned. However, the issue doesn't stop there. Because not only do we have to know that in which there is deliverance, the Shaykh says, and this is the next point, that we must also know the Turuq, Turuq al-Shar, wa Turuq al-Dalal, the paths of evil and the paths of misguidance, and that we flee from them in the most severe of way, and we take the most severest of caution against them. The Shaykh mentions that verse that we mentioned early on, the, the, the verse about which the Messenger of Allah drew a line in the sand, and he drew lines to the right and to the left, and he explained, as occurs in the hadith of Jabir and Abdullah bin Mas'ud, that these, this is the path of Allah, the straight line is the path of Allah, and to the right and to the left, these are subul, right? these, are, these are paths, at the end of each one is a shaitan, a devil who calls to it. And likewise, in the hadith of Hudayfa bin al-Yaman, the famous hadith that you know, in which he said, كان الناس يسألون النبي عن الخير وكنت أسأله عن الشر I used, the people used to ask the Prophet about goodness, and I used to ask him about the evil, fearing that it might, might reach me. And in that hadith, the Messenger of Allah he said, he described a certain type of people, you know, speaking the Arabic language and things like that, they are du'at, Callers at the gates of hellfire, whoever responds to them, then they will throw him therein. So the Shaykh says that not only is it sufficient just to know the you know the asbab to unity and so on and so forth and being upon the ship that gives you safety, which which is ilm, sound knowledge, but also it is to know the paths to evil and the ways of misguidance, and the callers to misguidance. And in fact, this is by necessity we have to know this. Because if the Messenger of Allah has informed us of the spitting of the Ummah, and that the Ummah will follow the ways of the Yahud, and the Nasara, and the Romans, and the Persians, and that they will, you know, and all of these texts that we read, then by necessity, to know goodness cannot be complete except by knowing evil, just as we know. That you cannot know Tawheed until you have also known Shirk. And you cannot know Sunnah until you have known what, what is other than that. So in the same way, the evil uh, that the Shaykh is mentioning here, that this, O youth, that we strive with sincerity, with Siddh, with truthfulness, that we do a sincere like study and investigation about what is the path of safety. What is this ship, this Safina, right? Like a ship, the Sheikh explains, it is a ship that saves you from the waves on the ocean, right? It saves you from that and it delivers you to the shore of safety, the shati of salama, the shore of safety, right? So this is how it is. Out there, in the field, 
It is like an ocean with waves upon waves of waves, meaning of tribulations, of innovation, of misguidance, of sin, of disobedience, of doubts which are spread. This is what is out there, right? This is the ocean of misguidance. And if you are in that ocean of misguidance amongst the people like this, then you must have something that is going to deliver you from that and take you to the shore of safety. And what is that thing? It is the things that the Shaykh is mentioning here. That we mention about those ayat, about holding to the rope of Allah, sticking to the straight path, the path of ilm and amal, right? the straight path of Allah, uh, avoiding controversies. And at the same time, what the Shaykh is mentioning here, is knowing the evil, knowing the paths of misguidance, and knowing uh, you know, the paths that, that, that misguide and mislead a person. So the Shaykh says that all of this splitting and this uh, differing that we see, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we see that the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which he gave, which is the favor of brotherhood, it is something that we have to really respect and really honor that unity and brotherhood that we feel and perceive amongst ourselves <coughs> after the guidance of Allah, this also is another thing that one must give attention to and protect, right? So basically this, the Shaykh is mentioning a new thing, a number of things in sequence. First of all, what did he mention? About holding fast to the rope of Allah, right? And sticking to the guidance and all those texts which have come with the same meaning. Then he also mentioned after that, that we must also know the evil and the misguidance and the paths which lead you astray from his path and to you know, know the distinction between that and between the truth and then the third thing, so once we have those things in place and we are, alhamdulillah, we are, we, we are Salafis, we are people of the Sunnah the matter doesn't just stop there right? it doesn't end, end there because in this ayah, in Surah Ali Imran, in this ayat Allah mentioned a ni'mah, a favor Right? So after commanding, I'm mentioning how you know, you're upon uh, destruction and so on and so forth, and he saved you. What did he say? He said, he said after that, right? He said, Then remember the favor of Allah upon you when you were enemies and he brought your hearts together and you became again, mentioning his favor again. Ikhwana. Right, so here the issue of being Ikhwan, this now is another thing that the Shaykh is going to speak of that one must basically protect and maintain this, this brotherhood. And there are things which obviously eat away and destroy this uh, brotherhood and also the safety and the security that comes with it. Right, so the Shaykh says that once there was an individual, a truthful individual, and he used to say, mentioning the situation in uh, Arabia, you know, in, in modern recent times, uh, decades ago, he says, Wallahi, one of us, we used to be able to ride on his camel, a riding uh, animal, from Medina to Ta'if. From Medina to Ta'if. And nothing would make him feel like uncomfortable or disturbed or feel unsafe or feel... Now, there's nothing whatsoever that would, that would, that would uh, make him you know, uh, disturbed in any way. Right? And he would go to visit 
his brother or his brothers for the sake of Allah from Medina to Ta'if. You just get on the camels, go to Ta'if, and um, this is what they would say. Right? They would say that there'd be nothing that they had anything to be scared of or to be fearful of. And so this is what happens that when you have Tawheed and you have the Sunnah and then you have unity of hearts on top of that and you know that this is what is in the society, you can get up, leave your house, walk, travel, do whatever you want. There's absolutely no feeling of, of like fear or having to fear anything or having, no, nothing whatsoever. Right? Because you know that no matter whom you encounter and what you encounter, you know, there's always help at hand, there is safety, there is you know, being honoured as a guest. And be, so, you, so you can leave feeling absolutely safe and secure. Then Shaykh Rabi says, however then, then tribulations came and they split them and refuge is with Allah. Right? This is what disunity brings. This unity brings the removal of this aman, of this, of this safety. And what are the things that eat away at this unity? The Shaykh then goes on to, send, to mention, uh, what he, what, you know, he says, Why should al-Bagla, wal-Ihrad, wal-Adghal, like there are things in the hearts, jealousies, enmities, you know, hatred, things which are in the hearts. Why, why should these eat away at the hearts of the youth, right? Why should this be when they have the actual treatment, the actual treatments which are present, which, which will make them to be as a single line and a single saf? He then mentions some of the texts, right? So the first of these texts is the statement of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. <laughs> He says that the example or the similitude of the believers in their mutual love and their mutual mercy to each other and their gentleness to each other is like that of a single body. When one part of the body or when one limb or organ has a complaint, meaning some sort of illness or something like that, then all of the rest of the body responds with fever and alertness. And the Sheikh says that shaitan is one who flows through the blood of Adam. He flows through Adam like the flow of blood. And shaitan does not want this to be amongst the youth, that they be a single ummah, United upon creed, upon methodology, and then even in the worldly sense, in what is between them, in the interactions and dealings and relationships, he doesn't want them to be to be like this, like a single body. The Sheikh also mentions the hadith of Abu Musa, in which the Messenger of Allah he said, "Inna al-mu'min lil-mu'min kalbunyan yashuddu ba'dahu ba'dan," and then. He brought his fingers together like this. He said, indeed, the example of a believer to another believer is like a building, like this. Part of it support other parts. And then he brought, interlocked his two fingers like that. And the Sheikh says that this is a fortified building that supports each other. And the Sheikh is asking, is our situation really like this? You know, is it like this how it should be? 
and we seek forgiveness from Allah and we repent to him. Why? Because the situation is not like that. It's not like that. Yes, we have a certain degree of unity, but that doesn't mean we just stop there. Rather, the situation has to be like what the messenger described in this in these ahadith. Yes, we have unity upon the usul, upon the foundations. Yes, we are one. Yes, we are away from bid'ah, whatever. But are we just... In fact, this is the same point the Sheikh mentions further on. Right? Some people might say, don't we have what, what is good enough? Don't we have like what is what is unity and goodness? The Sheikh says, no. A person should never ever think like this. And the messenger of Allah, what he mentioned in these ahadith, this is the the perfection and the completion that should that we should be striving to, that we are actually truly like what the Messenger is describing in these ahadith. So that we have to work even further to remove the likes of these things that we find in the hearts, you know, from, from, from the hearts. And so the Sheikh says that what we have to do, we have to nabhath anil asbab, we have to investigate into the ways and means that will make us to be like this building that the Messenger of Allah that he described. The Shaykh says, what is this cement then? We need the cement. Yes, there are the bricks. What is the cement that will bring all of these things together? That will bring this body together such that we then strive and we try to bring it together with the Book of Allah, the Sunnah of the Messenger, and you know this kind of ta'lif, this this unity and togetherness uh, that we that we are able to establish this. The Sheikh says, seek, O brothers, investigate, O brothers. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to find. And the only way this will come to us is by way of sidq and ikhlas. Right. So these are the two two ingredients. Now that if you want to have this cement, this cement will not be present unless all of us are truthful in our speech, truthful in our intention, truthful in our dealings, and ikhlas, that we are seeking the face of Allah. Meaning what? Meaning, the shaykh is saying here, in those hadiths, you see how the messenger described how the believers should be, right, and the deeds that they do with each other. We have to strive for that level. And to strive for that level, there has to be some sort of cement that, that brings the bricks together in the building and that cement will not be present or appear except when there is Siddh and Ikhlas in us as individuals and the absence of Siddh and Ikhlas will make it impossible for us, to, for us to achieve this type of brotherhood and unity that we find mentioned in the text so the Sheikh mentions a Siddh uh, well Ikhlas and uh, which means, obviously, you know, the absence of sincerity, uh, the absence of truthfulness. When they are found amongst people, then this is what prevents the, the, the desired, you know, the, the desired uh, unity. So, the Sheikh then goes on and he asks the question, for أَيْنَ الْمُسْلِحُونَ أَيْنَ الْمُسْلِحُونَ الَّذِينَ يُؤَلِّفُونَ بَيْنَ هَذِهِ اللُّبَنَاتِ where are those rectifiers? Where are the people who truly rectified the ones who try to bring these individual bricks together again afresh and they bring them together with this cement and to bring it together until it becomes... Where are those types of people? So the Sheikh is really saying that we need to be those types of people and we need to try to do this in our own individual capacity as the Sheikh says you know, later on. Uh, each person with his ability one person works in his household with his family, another person who might be 
have more influence, try to affect the people in the masjid, the imam or the khatib or the, the, the mudarris or whatever it might be. Everyone should strive to try to make this, make this islah and make this unity and to find things by which the individual bricks can be brought, brought together to be like the building that the messenger of Allah described in those hadith that we, that we just mentioned. Then the shaykh goes on to mention the hadith, another hadith of tribulations. And he says that, he says that when, we, when we have believers whose hearts have been brought together in the way described by the Messenger of Allah which we are encouraged to work towards, then the shaykh says that these hearts of all of the believers, of all of us, will become like the heart of a single man. Right? All the individual hearts will become like the hearts of a single man and no fitna will be able to harm them so long as long as the heavens and the earth persist. And then the Shaykh after this mentions the hadith of Hudayfa again on tribulations in al fitan tu'radu ala al-qulub arad al-hasir udan udan Indeed, the tribulations will be presented to the hearts, just like you know, stitches on a reed mat, stitch by stitch. So whichever heart drinks from these tribulations, a black spot will be placed upon them. And whichever heart rejects them, then a white spot will be placed upon it. Until the hearts eventually become of two types. A heart which is pure and white, and it will not be harmed by any tribulation as long as the heavens and the earth remain. And another heart which is black, gloomy, like an overturned vessel, which does not know what is good and does not know what is evil. And the only thing it knows is what it's basically drinking from its, from its desires. Right, so the point being, once again, that these are the tribulations which are going to affect people until and unless their hearts are like what the messenger described. Right? What is that? It is to be on Tawheed, upon the Sunnah, the correct belief in all of the usul, the deeds of the belief. Not just that though, right? To know the ways and the paths to evil, the bid'ah, the shubuhat, the shahawat, you know, the, the all the evils and to, and to Fear that they might reach you and to keep away from that. But not only that, but also the brotherhood that the Shaykh mentioned here about what we see in these hadith, which is going to describe shortly and explain shortly. The, the hadith that we mentioned. That as well. Because that only gives what? It gives further strengthening to the bunyan. It bring, brings it together like this. And it cements all of the individual, individual bricks together and strengthens the building. And when we reach that level, by Allah's tawfiq and by Allah's permission, then this is when, despite all of these types of tribulations in this hadith, the people who are like what the messenger described, they will never ever be put to trial, and their hearts will never be put to trial, as long as the heavens and the earth remain. Right? This is what, 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 what's apparent from, the, from these texts. And so the shaykh says, after this, Indeed, I hope that our hearts, all of them, are like the heart uh, which is like what's described in the hadith, the white, pure heart, which is not damaged, you know, um, 
by anything or by any tribulation so long as the heavens and the earth persist. So this type of thing, Ya Ikhwan, one of the things that oppose this, you know, uh, this, this the humility and the things which are described in this hadith, mutual love and mercy and care, you know, there are many things that, 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 that destroy that, you know, sins, riya, showing off, or the opposite of ikhlas, and the opposite of sin, right, and arrogance and things of that nature, this, this eats away at the fabric of that type of uh, brotherhood that sits on top of the brotherhood that comes as a result of that, the usul, the foundation, the unity, the tawheed, the belief, and so on and so forth. Uh, the Sheikh goes on to uh, say after this that um, he says this affair is not like some people say, they say, isn't the goodness that we've got, isn't it good enough already? And, should, and the Sheikh says, or should we not be better? Should we not strive to be better? Should we not seek to investigate and find all the causes of differences and which deviate away from what the messenger was upon so that we can actually be even stronger in holding on to that? Should we not continue to do that? Sheikh mentions the verse in the Quran, وَمَنْ يُشَافِكِ الرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبِينَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِئَ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُسْلِهِ جَهَنَّمُ وَسَاءَ Right, he's saying here, the way of the believers is absolutely wadih. The Sabilul Mu'mini, which is the Sabil of the Sahaba and what they were upon, Aqidatan, wa minhajan, wa sulukan, wa akhlaqan, in all these affairs, in belief, in creed, in methodology, in, 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 in approach, behavior, manners, everything, that is absolutely clear. It is absolutely clear. And we should continue to make that clear so that anyone who turns away, anyone who turns his back, then we can turn our back upon him. Very simple. Right? So that at least we know that whoever wants unity will be upon unity, and whoever wants disunity of them will leave him upon the threat that Allah has mentioned, you know, uh, in this in this ayah. In other words, we are just increasing the unity and the love between the people of the truth. Right? By, by continuing to strive and to remove every bit of differing and whatever there might be. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله عيا على الصلاة عيا على الصلاة عيا على الفلاح 
Sheikh Lashi then gives an example from himself to, to explain what he means. When he says that we should strive to remove every type of differing there is, and not just to be content, he gives an actual example. He says that one time I was teaching in the Prophet's mosque, Medina, and in front of me was a group of the Rawafid. There was a group of Shia Rafid. And Allah, you know, He, He, Alhamdulillah, Allah, Allah, like inspired me uh, to not obviously not in the sense of revelation, but you know, Allah directed him and guided him to uh, speak with this speech, which he's going to say now, right? Because he was he was mentioning this verse, this ayah, wa kuntum ala shafa hufratin min al-nar minha, right? In the same passage that we mentioned at the beginning, that you, meaning the companions, were upon the edge of a cliff ready to fall into the hellfire, and Allah saved you from it. So it's a group of the Rawafid in the Prophet's mosque. And he knew they were there in front of him. So he said that in this verse, there are two testimonies, testimonials for the Prophet's companions, for the companions of the Messenger of Allah He said the first of them is that in this eye that we see, uh, Right? You became brethren. The first point is that they were brethren who loved each other and there was no enmity between them. Because this is what Allah has mentioned in the ayah. And that He made ta'leef between their hearts. Right? So this is a proof that all the Sahaba were mutahabeen. That they used to love each other. There was no enmity between them whatsoever. Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali and all of the, you know, they, they are the, the, the leaders amongst them, that they were all together and loved each other. So, and there was no enmity. And this is by the testimony of Allah in this particular verse. In this particular verse. Right? And no one can take the testimony of anybody else that opposes the testimony and the witness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the first point that he mentioned in front of those Rafida. The second point that he mentioned is uh, that all of them are in paradise because this is clear in the verse itself. Because in the verse Allah says, uh, that he saved you from the fire. So this is testimony from the messenger from the Quran, in fact. That all of the companions of the Messenger of Allah, they are, are they are in Jannah, they are in Paradise, and then he mentions the, the the Shahid. So the point being, here, the point that the Sheikh mentioned earlier, that why should we suffice with what we already have? Shouldn't we not strive to remove every khilaf, every ikhtilaf? Right. So here, Rafida come back. Well, we differ with you. So now we're going to make you hear something. To explain the truth, because this is part and parcel of removing the, the, the khilaf, the, the differing, and the spitting, and the whatever. And so the Shaykh took that opportunity to establish 
obviously established the hujjah upon the, the rawafid maybe one of them might remember and be admonished or you know maybe might be a seed in his in his heart for later whatever but it shows that we should not be uh, you know shouldn't suffice we should try to remove every type every type of you know uh, differing so the sheikh says upon the, upon us is to preserve this mahabba that is uh, desired al-mu'min akhul mu'min المؤمن أخو المؤمن لا يظلمه ولا يسلمه ولا يخذله. He mentions another hadith of the Messenger of Allah. A believer is the brother of a believer. And he doesn't oppress him and doesn't wrong him and uh, doesn't abandon and desert him. And in the hadith that he mentioned earlier, لا تحاسدوا or in fact another hadith لا تحاسدوا ولا تناجشوا ولا تباغضوا ولا تدابروا ولا يبيع ولا يبيع بعضكم على بيع بعض وكونوا عباد الله إخوانا. Another hadith, right, that makes sure that we have this uh, unity. He says that these tawjihat, these directions here, they are tremendous directions, and you know their effect upon our 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 souls, and um, you know are very very important to establish this this uh, unity. And he goes on to explain each of these things mentioned in the hadith. He said, لا تحاسدوا ولا تناجشوا What is the meaning of munajasha? He means, one of you comes to the market and he sees a car, for example, or a fridge or something else. And, you know, you ask the person, how much is this? And he tells you, well, it's like, you know, 100, 200, 300. And you agree to buy it. And then you come along, another person comes along and says, oh, you know what? I'll buy it for 150. Right, so you bid on top of your brother. This is prohibited. This is prohibited. So we don't do this to eat away this, you know, build this enmity and hatred and, you know, we don't do that. What is hasad? What is envy? It is to wish that a bounty or a favor that another person has, that, you know, he loses it or he doesn't have it. Right, to have this jealousy, uh, you know, why is that person, and to want him to lose it. The Sheikh says, وَهَذَا مِنْ صِفَاتِ الْيَهُودِ This is from the ways of the Yahud, to have this envy, uh, envy and jealousy for the goodness which is in the hands of other people. Right? And the Sheikh goes on to say, look, a brother, you know, يَفُوقُكَ أَخُوكَ فِي الْعِلْمِ فِي الْجَاحِ فِي السُلْطَانِ فِي الْمَالِ Right, so you find someone who, who's better than you in, it could be, you know, in knowledge, in his standing in society, in his power, authority, in wealth, and you want that ni'mah to end, this is not from the qualities and the characteristics of the believers, right? Rather, what a believer should, should have and what he's allowed to feel is that he should wish if he can have or be like so-and-so, Right? So-and-so has wealth, I want to have wealth like that, so I can do whatever he does. This is permissible. This is permissible now. But not like, okay, why has he got that, and I wish you know, he loses it, and listen, this kind of envy and enmity and, and jealousy is prohibited and unlawful. The Sheikh mentions a very nice hadith on this topic. The companions came and they said, ذَهَبَ أَهْلُ bil ujur. The people of wealth and plenty and affluence 
they've taken all the rewards. They pray like we pray. They fast like we fast. They give charity like we, you know, we don't, we, we don't give charity like that. So what shall we do, O Messenger of Allah? And he said, Shall I not inform you? He says, Shall I not tell you about something which if you do, then you will you know, reach those who came before you and you will precede those who, who are after you. He said, Yes. So then he said, You praise Allah, Allah, and you, you, know, you declare his takbir, uh, and you declare his tasbih 33 times to the end of the hadith. So what happened is, the rich people, they eventually heard of this hadith, right? So the poor people have gone and started, you know, uh, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu akbar, la ilaha illallah, and doing all the things, whatever. And so they are competing now with the rich people in reward. So eventually, the rich people now come and hear of this hadith. Right, so then they start competing also, and so they add the tasbih, takbir, tahleel, tahmeed on top of their, 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 their striving in terms of like you know their sadaqah, their wealth, and, and whatever. And then now they begin to share with the poor people in these affairs. So then those poor people now come back to the Messenger of Allah and they said, Ya Rasulullah, they said, Inna ikhwanana ahluddhuthur. سَمِعُوا بِمَا أَمَرْتَنَا بِهِ فَفَعَلُوا كَمَا فَعَلْنَا So they said, O Messenger of Allah, our brothers, the people of affluence, they heard what you commanded us to do, and they did the same thing what we have done. And listen to the answer of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, ذَلِكَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِيهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ So this is just simply the bounty of Allah. He gives it to whomever he wills. Now, he didn't decree for you to have this bounty. Right? So this is like taslim and submission and acknowledging the fact that Allah, he gives his fadl, he gives it to whoever he, whoever he pleases. And, um, you know, sometimes Allah, he gives certain people, like either in this sense, like plenty of wealth to give in charity, or he gives them status, or he gives them physical strength of the body, it gives them health, or you might even give them, for example, memorization like nobody can memorize. Right? These are things that Allah Zawajal, you you know, you have to just accept and submit to the fact that Allah gives his bounty to whomever he pleases. Right? And this is for a wisdom and for a reason. And some things are outside of your capabilities. Don't try to go, you know, yes, that doesn't mean that you don't seek and strive and, and to wish to have those things because the niyyah itself is rewarded as Sheikh will explain just to have the niyyah sadiqah if I had what that man had I would do this and do this and this and, I, and, and you are sincere and truthful in that niyyah then you will be earning the same as what that man is earning right yes yes you can have that but practically speaking you have to also accept that there are some things in which Allah simply he puts his fadl here there and maybe not here this is just from the qada and the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is his decree, it's for a wisdom it's for a reason and maybe he didn't give that to you because you may not have been grateful like that person you might think you might be because everybody has that craving of oh, 
But really, if you really had that wealth, would you really be like doing what so-and-so is doing? Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Right? If you really had that strength of body, would you really be using it in Allah's obedience? Or would you be using it in, in shahawat and things? Allah knows best. Right? So for that reason, maybe you didn't get that, that fadl of Allah. But it doesn't mean that you can't have a niyya sadiqa, a truthful niyya, hoping for what that person has. Not out of the blameworthy jealousy, wanting it to be removed from him, but simply to be like him. Right? This is something that is praiseworthy. And um, as, as, as the Sheikh says, you know, someone says, if I had the likes of the wealth of so-and-so, I would have given charity, I would have built a masjid, I would have, you know, give, uh, prepared and give stuff to the, to, 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 to the mujahideen, right? This type of, um, this type of ghibta, which is like ghibta, this is a type of envy or jealousy, but it is praiseworthy. It is not the blameworthy jealousy. It is the praiseworthy type. And so the Sheikh says this truthful intention, this truthful uh, intention, it brings the same type of reward even if you are sleeping in your house. You can be sleeping in your house, having these feelings, having these thoughts, having these truthful, sincere intentions, and you could be earning the reward of the one who's on, 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 on the field, right? Or the one who's you know, building a masjid or whatever, because it is a sincere sincere intention and the messenger himself mentioned the types of people you can envy a man who's been given wisdom and he uses it to judge between the people and Allah and a man to whom Allah has given wealth and he uses it you know in the truth and in goodness you can be jealous of such a man wanting that if I had the same thing as him, then I would do the same thing as what he is doing. Right? So, this is what, what is permissible. Do not hate one another, neither in the affairs of the world, nor in the affairs of the religion. Because there are many things in religion where it is permissible for us to differ and have different views. There are many things in which we can accommodate those differences. And so, tabagud, hatred, you know, this type of thing is, shouldn't enter into those uh, kind, of, kind of issues. The Sheikh then finishes on, a, on a, one hadith, uh, which I'll conclude with, which is, the Sheikh says, the hadith of Um Salama, radiallahu anha, in Sahih Muslim, إِنَّهُ يُسْتَعْمَلُ فِيكُمْ أُمَرًا فَتَعْرِفُونَ وَتُنْكِرُونَ فَمَنْ كَرِهَا فَقَدْ بَرِئَا وَمَنْ أَنْكَرَا فَقَدْ سَلِمَا وَلَكِنْ مَنْ رَضِيَا وَتَابَعَا he said, there will be placed over you, or used over you, placed over you, leaders. And you will acknowledge, you will see good from them, and you will see evil from them. So whoever dislikes, meaning dislikes the evil in his heart, then he has freed himself from blame. And the one who rejects it, then he is safe. But the one who is pleased and follows, then the implication, even though the message didn't say it, the implication is that he, he is destroyed, even though the message didn't say it. And the Sheikh says, memorize this hadith, my brothers. Understand this hadith and be pleased 
with the judgment of the Messenger of Allah and place it in front of your eyes. Right? He says, Are we going to follow the deen, the guidance of Muhammad? Are we going to follow the desires? We follow the guidance. So he said, he explains the hadith, indeed there will be rulers placed over you, and you will acknowledge good from them and see evil from them. So meaning, you will see salat, sawm, zakat, hajj, you will see the symbols of Islam, you will see like many good things, right, brought about by way of the, the, the rulers. But then, so you acknowledge that, you acknowledge that this, this is goodness. But then you, tunkir, riba, suwaran, muharramat, right, then you see riba, usury. Pictures, you know, faces, things like that. Muharrama, things which are prohibited, things that you see. What is obligatory? The one who frees himself, the one who, sorry, the one who dislikes it in his heart, then he has, he has freed himself from blame. So Sheikh Rabi' he says, هذه شهادة من رسول الله بالبراءة. This is a testimony from the Messenger of Allah of being free of any any blame so meaning the messenger has given you an instrument to free yourself from blame what is it is that you dislike it in the heart and um, you know so the one who rejects it then obviously he is he is safe so you you know uh, show rejection against that. Lakin al-halak yahiqu biman biman So the one who's pleased and just goes along with it and you know satisfied and follows along whatever he finds in the society, this is the one who is destroyed. And that's why the Sheikh says you will find in some of the cities and some of the in some of the lands, in fact, there are those who make permissible yubihun al-riba, yubihun al-khamar. They make it lawful. They say it's lawful. Uh, in, in the Sharia, right, that riba is allowed and khamar is allowed and zina is allowed and so the one who is pleased with that and follows it, this one, he disbelieves and ends up in Jahannam, what an evil refuge. But if he follows it, but he believes and knows it's haram, then this is only kufr, dun uh, al-kufr. This, this is disbelief that is less than uh, disbelief. So the Sheikh mentions this hadith and he emphasizes uh, this hadith that we should make this hadith to be like a criterion and you should memorize it and remember it and uh, eventually the shaykh comes back to the hadith he makes dua closing off his reminder uh, asking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turn to us and to purify our tongues and our ideas our intellects our hearts from al-ghil wal-hiqd wal-hasad wal-dhulm wal-baghi wal-udwan from these you know uh, dislike enmity hatred jealousy oppression uh, you know, Udwan transgression that our hearts are freed of these types of things, and he makes us pure and he makes our hearts, as has come in the hadith of you know, Hudayfa, pure, white, you know, not affected by tribulations. Then he finishes by the same hadith, uh, saying that you know, we should all go back to this hadith, the dua of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahumma Rabba Jibrail wa Mikail. فاتر السماوات والأرض عالم الغيب والشهادة أنت تحكم بين عبادك فيما كانوا فيه يختلفون اهدني اهدني guide me and he says this with صدق with truthfulness لما اختلف فيه من الحق إنك تهدي من تشاء إلى صراط مستقيم that you guide me in that which their differences occurred indeed you are the one who guides whomever he wills to the straight path
And this brings us really to the end of the advice of the Sheikh. So as you can see, there are really uh, this is an advice to unity, to brotherhood, and the way in which this is achieved, it is by holding fast to the rope of Allah, being upon the straight path, combining ilm and amal, and uh, striving to know, know the truth with, with sincerity. This is the first thing. Second thing, to know the evil, to know innovation, to know misguidance, and to keep away from it, and to strive to remove all types of differing that are present in the ummah, in terms of knowledge. Right? We don't like that there is you know, ta'weel of the sifat. We don't like that there is rejection of al-qadr. We don't like that there is uh, hatred of the sahaba being promoted. We don't like that people oppose the manhaj of the salaf as it comes to uh, the rules and things like that. Right? We don't like that. And we don't accept the presence of that. So we don't say, oh, we are happy, alhamdulillah, we have unity, we have brotherhood, and we have masajid, and this whatever, and alhamdulillah. No, no, you continue and continue and continue, right? Until the people uh, who want misguidance, we can just turn our backs on them after, after the hujjah has been, you know, right? So that's the second part. And the third part is after the first two have brought about unity and we are, alhamdulillah, people of the sunnah, there's also another level which is these types of things that, that are mentioned, you know, which is prevention of jealousy and, and you know, uh, all those things that basically eat away at the unity at the hearts and make people split from each other, firstly in the worldly sense, and maybe it might even spill over into the religion after that. Right? So we have to eliminate these things as well by following the guidance of the Messenger of Allah you know, in the things that he mentioned. And Siddhaq and Ikhlas, being truthful and being sincere, are the essential elements of the cement that the Sheikh mentioned in his advice that is going to bring and keep the bricks together and keep them strong. So without us individually being truthful to ourselves and then to Allah and to, you know, to, to, to Allah and to ourselves and to uh, others and being sincere and having nothing to, to seek, it is not riya, not wanting to, to dominate other people or to look down upon people or looking for this or that, whatever, right? Only then will that kind of uh, affair that the messenger mentioned in his ahadith and that feeling of true genuine brotherhood only then will it actually be present and so with that we'll conclude uh, our lesson there for today alhamdulillah Okay, we have time for maybe one or two questions, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, prior to, to uh, inshallah. Uh, the first question is, how do we reconcile between the hadith, which says that, you know, indeed this religion uh, is easy. Indeed this religion, there is, there is easiness in this religion. And the hadith, there will come a time when holding on to the religion is like holding on to hot coals. But obviously we know there's no tanaqud, there can never be any contradiction between any of the texts. If there is any tanaqud, it can only be 
you know, it's explained in a number of ways. Either it is because, you know, uh, one text came early on in Islam, the other text came afterwards. Maybe there's abrogation. Maybe one hadith is authentically established. Maybe another is authentically established. Uh, but if none of that is present, then obviously it's not possible for there to be any uh, contradiction. And there are different ways of reconciling. One is am, one is khas, one is you know, in a context, another context. So here in this example, there is no uh, contradiction to begin with because when it speaks about the religion being easy, then the religion is very easy. The quality of this religion is that it, it, it is very easy. First of all, uh, Allah has commanded, commanded us to do whatever we are able to do of the obligations and he has prohibited us to, he has ordered us to keep away from all of the prohibitions right so for a muslim to follow his religion if he does not have ilm he can very quickly and easily go and ask an alim this action is it hal- this thing is it halal or haram this clothing this food this act of ibadah is it sunnah or bidah is this why because the religion itself is is established preserved uh, and, and it's accessible to everybody and anybody. And that's why even the scholars like Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, he says, look, for the armed common person amongst the Muslimin, right, it's, for him to follow his religion, it's very, very easy. Right? If he doesn't know, he goes and asks an alim, and it is permissible for him to follow that alim, what he says, even if it's out of taqlid, because he doesn't have the, the ability and the know-how, for him to act upon that so long as he is not made aware that it opposes the evidence, right? He can follow his religion in this manner. So for a Muslim to follow his religion to know the rulings of purification, the rulings to do with prayer, the rulings to do with fasting and all those other things, what he needs to do on a day-to-day, the religion is very easily accessible, first of all, and even just acting upon it, it is also very 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 simple and very easy you do the obligations the pillars right the prayer the fasting the hajj whatever and then the emphasized uh, other like obligations that we find come in in the sharia honoring the parents honoring the guest and so on and so forth and you keep away from the the blameworthy things so the religion itself is is ease right and there are general principles we all understand everything in the dunya is permissible until and unless it is specifically being prohibited, right? And the things which we are prohibited from are very small, right? All food is lawful except for what? A small number of categories that, that are unlawful. All clothing is, 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 is lawful except for specific categories that, that, that are not permissible, right? Resembling the people of disbelief or clothing which, which reveals whatever it might be, right? In the religion, see the way around. You worship only with that which is you know, established in, in the religion. Compare that to the religion of, let's say, the Yahud, for example. I mean, I don't know what you know about the religion, religion of the Yahud, but it is a extremely difficult, detailed, pedantic, you know, uh, thing to follow. And the average person, it's out of his ability, right, to, to you know, Right, so that is very, very difficult. Even the laws of, of many of these lands that we live in, the Western social democracies, you know, like I said to you before, in Islam, everything is lawful until it is specifically known to be you know, uh, prohibited. Here, there are literally 
you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands or millions of like statutes and acts and this and this and whatever, and you never know what you're falling into something that you're going to get fined for, you know, taken to court for, this, whatever, right? It's, it's, it's there to restrict your, 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 uh, your actions and to limit your actions and to penalize you for actions, and, you know, it's very, very hard to follow, right? So, so Islam has come and it has liberated us from, from the shackles that were put on the people that came before because of their own, you know, swerving away from, from, from the guidance. Allah has saved us from that and give us an easy religion to follow. The connection to Allah is direct. There's no intermediaries. There's no, you know, wasa'it or whatever. We don't need to, uh, to, to make tawbah to Allah to seek forgiveness. It's very direct and very straightforward. So in all aspects of our religion, the worship of Allah, uh, dealings with each other, the trade transactions, right? Um, the halal, the haram, everything Allah has made it very, very easy. He has perfected it for us. All we need to know is what is the ruling and we act upon it. Very simple, right? This in no way contradicts what the Messenger of Allah informed us that, that what will happen at a certain point in time, where for a Muslim to hold on to his religion, it will be like hot coals. Meaning, it will become difficult because of the environment and the people present and the misguidance and the tribulations. Right? He, he will find it hard to stick to, to stick to his religion, which is otherwise easy. And it's very easy to understand this hadith because if you reflect upon uh, the situation uh, now and today in many respects, um, you know, just to give some examples, you are look, looked upon as being backward if you don't accept certain ideas, you know, like many ideas are present amongst the non-Muslims of evolution, the Big Bang, you know, things like that. Um, there is uh, generally <coughs> most of the, the, the nations and the people of nations, even Muslim nations, have been put to trial with frivolities, with things which are time, time wasters and taking them away, you know, like, like many of the sports and things like that. And if you are someone who is a religious person, like, you know, someone who, who practices, who prays, you are looked down upon. You're looked down upon by, by your family, by your relatives, and they say, oh, this. This one is a, you know, what do they say sometimes? They say in, in uh, Urdu, this one's a Molvi. Uh, this, this guy is like, he's a, he, meaning that he's a bearded guy who's, you know, just present in the mosque and he reads books, he reads like, you know, religious books. Right? And, and he's detached from reality. Right? So you, you hear these things from, from, from relatives and things like that. And then there's obviously, there's the shahawat that a person is put to trial to. There's the shubuhat. You know, you put to trial uh, as, as uh, for example, let's say Ahlul Bidah, they take control, they influence the rules as they did do in the past, in the time of Imam Ahmed. To hold on to the religion and to hold on to the truth, well, you could lose your life just by saying the Quran is the speech of Allah uncreated. You could lose your life. You would have your head chopped off holding on to that. These things have happened in the past, right? These things have happened in the past. And, um, you know, so, so these types of things nowadays, you know, for Muslims, like if you, um, there are many things, and obviously they are more exaggerated and found more so in the lands of the non-Muslims because of uh, the tremendous deviation from, from, from revelation and just, just even just human, human, human nature, you know, the, the fitrah, 
the deviation from that. Uh, so many trials and tribulations from, from that angle as well, just to hold on to your religion, to be able to pray, to be able to keep a beard, right? And to be able to say that this is a boy, this is a girl, this is a man, this is a woman, right? This is what, what, what is meant, that just to hold on to your religion, it will become so difficult that it's like holding on to hot coals. But that does not mean that the religion is hard, the religion is easy. Allah's made it easy. But it's the tribulations and the trials and the you know, things that are going to come to you from other people that are going to make holding on to it to be very difficult. And that's why the reward for holding on to the truth, to the rope of Allah, to Allah's religion, you know, a person will be rewarded tremendously. In fact, even in the hadith, the messenger said he will be rewarded 50 times. 50 times, the Sahaba was surprised, 50 times? And he said, yes, 50 times of the likes of you. Right? So whoever has patience and sabr and holds on to the, the right aqidah and who fears Allah and who you know, does what is commanded, keeps what is prohibited and remains steadfast and repels and you know, keeps all of this evil at bay, then he will have a tremendous, tremendous reward. So there's no, there's no contradiction between these two uh, hadiths because they are you know, referring to two separate things. One is the religion itself is easy. Allah has made it easy. Allah has perfected this religion for us. No need to, we don't have to use the apple to you know, uh, invent something Allah has already perfected. We just need to use the reason to actually understand and follow it. That's what we need to do. And as for the hot calls, that, that is trials and tribulations. Um,